This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only nationally syndicated golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by Acura, precision-crafted performance. Acura, celebrating 30 years in Canada. Visit Acura.ca for the 2018 lineup and dealership incentives. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakito and Bob Weeks. Good morning, Canada, and welcome inside Golf Talk Canada. Producer Adam Scully riding solo for the next uh, two hours as uh, both of our usual hosts are uh, away on vacation, traveling, fishing in Ireland, doing all sorts of things. Bob Weeks is going to join me momentarily. We'll go through some of the major news and headlines throughout the world of golf uh, this week. Very busy show today. We're going to talk Brooke Henderson, who is in contention for another major championship. She's currently three shots off the pace of the Evian Championship through 11 holes. This could be a big week. If she wins, she could become potentially the greatest Canadian golfer to ever play. That's an art, that's a conversation we'll have in just a little bit. We'll hear uh, from producer Jamie Rydell, who's uh, all things golf on uh, and CFL, I should say, on TSN. We'll do some winners weird and what with him. We'll talk the Ryder Cup, the FedEx Cup, some Brooks, some Adam Hadwin with him. We'll also be joined by Rod Spittle. Bob did an interview with Rod Spittle uh, recently, who just retired on the Champions Tour. A great career for Mr. Spittle, a good Canadian. And Jason Sobel is going to join as well from the Action Network, who is a reporter. He did some work for Golf Channel, ESPN throughout the years. And now he's with the Action Network. And last week, he actually caddied on the PGA Tour for Brendan Steele for one round last Monday at the BMW Championship. How did that all happen? We'll hear from him in about an hour and 20 minutes' time. But first, let's go to Bob Weeks, who is on a fishing trip right now. Bob, uh, uh, first of all, thanks for joining me. And where are you right now? Uh, I am about halfway between Thunder Bay and Winnipeg, a little place called Eagle Lake. I'm at the Andy Myers Lodge. We're just actually wrapping up here and heading back to, uh, we'll make the four-hour drive to Thunder Bay and then head home after a successful week of fishing with my son here. It's been, uh, it's been a good week. A very successful week, and I would recommend all of our listeners tuning in right now to go to Bob's Instagram or Twitter account because, Bob, you guys were pretty successful this week. <laughs> my son landed uh, a pretty big monster here. They actually come bigger than that, but he landed a 46-inch, uh, 32-pound uh, muskie. Uh, which was a the, the highlight of the week. We had a great week here of doing lots of fishing, but primarily we were mus- musky fishing, and that's uh, that's the record for our uh, for our visits up here at, uh, in North of Superior in this area. It was a fun week, good week, and uh, now kind of getting ready to to get home and get back to normal. Get back to normal is right. Well, congratulations to you and your son. That sounds uh, simply uh, amazing. There's tons of news and headlines to get to today, so let's get to them right now. News and Headlines is brought to you by Porter Airlines. Now flying direct to 16 Canadian destinations and 7 U.S. destinations direct, including Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Visit flyporter.com. Porter Airlines, flying refined. So, Bob, I mentioned Brooke Henderson in contention at the Evian Championship off the top of the show. She's uh, midway through her uh, third round, three shots off the pace, even par on the day, two pars, uh, two birdies. Obviously, if she goes on to win uh, this tournament, it'd be incredibly significant, and she'd have two majors uh, on her resume. But if she were to go on to win this, just how significant would this be just for Canadian golf? 
Well, I mean, it's uh, she keeps setting marks and, and breaking records and equaling things and, and, you know, ending dry spells with her win at the Canadian Women's Open. Um, and I guess you'd have to kind of start to consider, is she is she the greatest Canadian golfer of all time? Seems hard to, to kind of make that statement. She just turned 21 last week, so it's, it's a, she's still got a lot more ahead of her. But uh, it's a pretty remarkable mark. It's a pretty remarkable record. She's had a pretty remarkable season. So I think you would have to kind of start leaning and saying, yeah, listen, she's been the most successful of all the Canadian golfers to play the game. It's, you know, it's it's a good argument because I'm sure some people will say, well, Mike Weir won a tour championship and I won a world golf championship event. And, and maybe it's, you know, trying to compare men and women is always difficult, but uh, there's no doubt in my mind that certainly in terms of of uh, where she is and what she's doing right now, this is we're we're seeing something very very special. Yeah, definitely something very special. And I guess you could say, uh, you know, if she does go on to make up this uh, this lead and and goes on to win, that it would at least be probably the greatest individual year a Canadian has ever had on on the professional circuit. Yeah, I think that that we can safely say without a doubt. I mean, to win. A national championship in your home country as we know that hasn't been done on the men's side for a long time or on mm-hmm. the women's side for a long time so that alone uh, makes her in my opinion you know the, the sort of the front runner for canadian athlete of, of the year uh, as, as well as canadian female yeah. athlete of the year but if she was to add a major championship to it yeah that's just that's just more piling on i guess you'd call it well we'll have more on on brooke henderson throughout the show today and we'll have a full recap uh, for evian championship performance this week on golf talk canada radio uh, some other news uh, this week, and it, it's some pretty uh, significant uh, news as well. The first male player has come out as gay, and that's Todd Fujikawa. Just how how significant uh, is this, Bob, to the uh, to the, you know the sports world and the golf world? Well, I guess it's uh, it's sad that it is significant, but I think it is in my book. It is a little bit significant, yeah. only because he's the first, mm-hmm. and you know the odds are that there's probably others out there mm-hmm. who maybe don't want to come out, and I've heard a couple stories but not very many in in a lot most other sports you know you you hear of athletes who are or some people have already come out uh, of course on the women's side of golf it's 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 common now yeah and maybe now that we have this one out and i think i think the reason that todd is coming out and he's not exactly a uh, high-ranking tour professional but he's notable for sure and i think the reason it's it's significant is that maybe he can um ease the ease the the burden for some others who are carrying it with them but uh, it's it's a statement, and it's uh, he he basically came out for that reason. It wasn't a real big surprise to people who knew Todd or people who were around the the tour that when he was playing. I mean, he it was more or less common knowledge. But uh, it's nice to see that he's able to have the the strength to come out and perhaps and say it will help some other people. Yeah, for sure, it's definitely some some big news, uh, you know, throughout the golf world, and hopefully uh, this will help some others as well. Of course, Todd made the U.S. Open in 2006 as a 15 year old, so he's he's had a pretty good career uh, thus far. Speaking of good careers and good seasons, uh, and and uh, you know, you, you got to look at the U.S. Ryder Cup team here. Tony Finau, the named the final captain's pick for the U.S. Ryder Cup team, not much of a surprise though is this Bob no I think once uh, Xander Shockley wasn't able to win the turn the last tournament uh, I think it became Tony Finau's choice and um, you know you couldn't go wrong with either one of those two actually for Jim Furyk the, mm-hmm. the um, um, he had a whole bunch of deep deep picks that he could have made out there but Tony Finau is going to be a great player on that team he's a big hitter as we know he's had a very successful year uh, top tens in three of the first uh, four majors and the other thing I like about him is he's just a super nice guy. So I think you could pair him with almost anybody and have a really strong uh, duo, whether you're playing alternate shot or a better ball. Uh, he's going to be a really good addition to that team. And I, I 
don't think this will be the only time he plays on the Ryder Cup. Yeah, not only did he, did he finish uh, top 10 in three of the first four majors, he also made 10 birdies playing with Captain Jim Furyk at the PGA <laughs> Championship. Of course, that did also include a, a couple others. Now, you mentioned he could play with anyone. Uh, looking through some of the pairings, are we sort of looking maybe at a Tony Finau-Justin Thomas potential as, as, like the, as the number one pairing for him? Like th- That's sort of where I'm going with this. What do you think? I think it's going to depend on whether they're playing alternate shot or better ball. I mm-hmm. think in a alternate shot, no doubt, because you have two bombers out there. Yeah, um, you might tend to pair them with somebody who's a little less long off the team, maybe yeah. like a Webb Simpson type guy or something like that. So it'll. I think it might depend on the format, but again, I think he'll just fit in with whoever's uh, whoever Cap Furyk says you go play with this guy, and he'll be happy to go out and do it. And of course, uh, well, one of the big things with alternate shot is the golf ball use, so that'll come mm. into play for Captain Furyk uh, as well. Some other news, and this hits a little closer to home for us amateur golfers. Uh, some new rules of golf are coming out in 2019. And a lot of them are sort of are being uh, implemented to help speed up pace of play. Uh, one of them in particular, uh, this is just for the recreational golfer. If you bomb a ball out of bounds, instead of hitting three from the tee or having to walk back and hit three from the tee, you can go into the fairway and just hit your fourth shot. So that's one of the rules that really stuck out to me. Another one, Bob, uh, the height of the drop. Instead of from your shoulder, it's to your knee. Uh, what do you think of some of these uh, new rules for the, for the game of golf? I think they're brilliant. I think they're long overdue, and I think most cases it's just common sense. Mm-hmm. I think that most of us, in some cases, might even do this. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know too many people who, in a recreational game, if they hit a ball out of bounds, they walk back to the tee. <laughs> uh, they just drop it there. They might not be playing four. They might think they're playing two or three. Or of something. course, the mulligan. Like they yes. might not know the rules. <laughs> but I think I think the biggest thing for me is that these rules are now easier to understand. So maybe people will use more of them uh, more often. Um, you know, even being able to take your ball out of a bunker now, if you don't want to hit it out of a bunker, you can do that now. So there's lots of log- logical things. There's lots of things that will help, uh, I think, not only speed up play, but also speed up the way that people um, understand the game and maybe maybe increase participation a little bit because it's now not so cumbersome to try and figure out how to play. Yeah, and, and there are so many rules out there that are just so confusing, and, and we've played the game for years, and it, it's, it's even tough to this day to figure out some of these really complicating rules. One other one that I, I thought was interesting, uh, you know, the, you're, no, you're no longer allowed to five minutes to look for a ball and said now it's three minutes. Uh, I think this is also pretty sig- significant as well for those who think, you know, it's def- the ball's definitely inbound, it's got to be there, but when you t- totally saw it go out of bounds. I think that's a pretty, pretty good one as well. Yeah, there's there's a number of good things. And the other thing I like about it is that they've actually given now in the new rule book a little bit of background as to why this rule mm. is in effect and why it is this way. So you not only play by the rules, but now you have a chance to kind of understand what they're talking about and why there is a rule for this uh, particular infraction. Yeah, it's, it's certainly a lot of good rules going forward. I'm looking forward to seeing them implement, implemented in 2019. A quick Brooke Henderson update. She's made a par. She's now even uh, through nine holes in the day, three shots off the lead. Speaking of Canadian golf, uh, Adam Hadwin has made the World Cup of Golf team uh, in late November, November 22nd to 25th in Australia. Uh, how significant is this, Bob? It's big. It's a, this is a big event, and I think it's lost a little of its luster because it's kind of been bounced around. It used to be a World Golf Championship event, and it's sort of here and there. And uh, But it's great to see Canada has a good history. They've won it three times um, with, with George Newton and, and Al Balding way back in the day, and then Dan Halderson and Dave Barr once and Dan Halderson and Jim Nelford once. So we have won this thing. And I think uh, I was talking to Adam at the PGA Championship, and his biggest decision now is that who he gets to basically make who decide who his partner is going to mm-hmm. be. 
So, um, you know, he might just go down the, the world rankings or he might go down the money list or he might take his Ledgeview club mate, Nick Taylor. Ooh. So we'll have an all Ledgeview team, Canada team. But uh, I think it's, uh, it's up to Adam to make that decision. I know he'll do well. And he likes us. He likes to represent Canada. He likes to play for Canada. Uh, so this is a big thing for him. And I think, you know, this is, this is kind of some area where you can kind of test out uh, your Olympic um, yeah. sensations by wearing the maple leaf on for you and we'll see what happens in two years in uh, in Tokyo. Definitely and, and we could definitely see uh, Mr. Hadwin in Tokyo uh, in just two years and, and one other uh, note on Hadwin, uh, he, his season ended uh, 36 in the FedEx Cup standings he made a pretty good run in the playoffs uh, a, a double bogey in the final round of the BMW Championship on the 10th hole really uh, ended his chances uh, at that but all in all it, it seemed like a, an off-and-on season uh, for Adam. He, he had a great start, uh, but then throughout the summer, as you spoke to him and saw him many times, it seemed like he was just a little frustrated and just didn't have all facets of its game going at one time. It's, uh, it was sort of the same se- season as last year, although with, with, with different causes, but he basically had a great first half of the season and he tailed off in the second half. And he's said that now he wants to kind of look at exactly what's causing that, if he thinks it's fatigue or if it's just coincidental that it's happened two years in a row. The biggest thing was his putter sort of left him up in the second half. And mm-hmm. he admitted that he spent so much time working on the other parts of his game, trying to shore up, uh, approach the greens and uh, in and around the greens, which he did. He did very well on those marks, but the putter just it wasn't as hot as it had been for the last, say, two or three years. So um, he'll, you know, I think he'll look at a lot of things. It's a time to reflect right now. Like a lot of players, he'll go back and he's got a, um, Adam's got a stats package, not necessarily the one on the PGA Tour, but one that looks a little deeper at certain things. And he and his coach, Ralph Bauer, will go over that and see what they need to do. Maybe they need to do a little more physical training uh, to keep him in shape or, or something along those lines. But, uh, but he'll, he'll look at all the questions because he has an insatiable desire to get better. and he, he believes he should be among the very elite in the PGA Tour. And, of course, next year he also wants to play on the President's Cup team. Yeah, and, and you can tell he has that fire in him to, to get better and, and that will uh, to succeed. Uh, Bob, before we let you go, uh, Rod, uh, we're going to play your interview with Rod Spittle uh, in just about uh, 20 minutes' time. For those who might not be all that familiar with Rod, uh, give us a sense of, of just what kind of man Rod Spittle is on and off the golf course. Well, Rod Spittle was, was probably best known as a, as, a, as a great amateur player. He won two Canadian amateur championships back in the 70s and 80s. Uh, great player, went to Ohio State and played four years on the college team there, remained in Ohio. He actually turned pro for very briefly for about a year or so, but then got his amateur status back, had a successful career in the insurance business, and, and parlayed that into playing a lot of top-flight amateur tournaments, much kind of like what you're seeing with Garrett Rank right now. Mm-hmm. And at 48, he decided, you know what, if I don't do it now, I'll regret it. So he gave himself a, a chance and gave himself two years to try and make it onto the Champions Tour at 50. And he played for 13 years. So uh, it was pretty good. He's the most gracious individual you'll ever meet. He's so polite, so happy. It just, just sort of um, will do anything for you. And you'll hear that in the interview that comes up a little later. That's an awesome summary of a great man. Uh, and that, Bob, thanks so much for joining uh, me this morning. And uh, all the best traveling home. And we'll see you next week for Golf Talk Canada Television. Sounds good. Thanks, Adam. That was Bob Weeks. And, of course, uh, check out his Instagram, his Twitter account. Uh, some huge musky fishes, I got to say. 46 pounds, or 32 pounds, 46 inches long. Very big at that. Coming up after the break right here on Golf Talk Canada, we're going to hear from Keegan Bradley, who won for the first time since 2012. And we'll also hear from Justin Rose, the new world number one. This is Golf Talk Canada. 
This segment of GTC was brought to you by Acura. Precision crafted performance. Acura, celebrating 30 years in Canada. Visit Acura.ca for the 2018 lineup and dealership incentives. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the TP5 and TP5X Golf Ball. Five layers make it exactly like nothing else. Visit tailormadegolf.ca to switch today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Producer Adam Scully sitting in for Bob Weeks and Mark Sacchino. Bob Weeks just joined me in the previous segment. Mark Sacchino will join me uh, just over an hour's time from Ireland. Apparently he was doing the Guinness Tour this morning in Ireland, and for those who uh, have done it, uh, you know how much fun it is. Uh, I'm looking forward to going back to Ireland uh, next summer for the 2019 Open Championship. But last week on the PGA Tour, Keegan Bradley won for the first time since 2012, moving to sixth on the FedEx Cup rankings. Uh, of course, he did win the 2011 PGA Championship. He's had some issues with the putter uh, since the anchor ban was lifted, but his putting was definitely on point last week. And after Keegan Bradley won that tournament, he spoke to the media. A lot has happened to me over these six years. You know, I the, the belly putter was, was a tougher transition than I thought that I thought and you know I I kind of fell off the radar there for a little while and it's tough to go from you know being on Ryder Cup teams being on President's Cup teams to no not even you know outside the top 100 in the world and that was difficult you know I had to really sit down with my coach Darren May and we put a, a schedule together and we worked hard to get back to this spot and I felt so calm today it was really really kind of strange because I don't normally look at leaderboards, but I looked all day, and I felt so solid, and uh, it feels so good to be back. It's so gratifying to get the what comes with hard work. Sometimes you never even get it. So to be back here and win this tournament is just incredible. Sean? Over those six years, what was maybe a low point or a point where you thought maybe this hard work wouldn't translate into a victory? It was about two years ago. Maybe uh, I can't remember. I, I had missed over 10 cuts I was in jeopardy of not making the playoffs and I, I was exempt but I was really struggling and I didn't really know I wasn't really aware of how far off I was and I had to really get serious and put a lot of work in and uh, you know it, it's it's scary when you when I look back because I didn't know I needed this much improvement and but to put it all together especially with the putter, the way it was this week and the way it's becoming, is so gratifying. Because for a little while, I didn't know if, you know, if I was going to be able to get back to this spot, and today I did it. That was Keegan Bradley after winning on tour for the first time uh, since 2012. It's been sort of an off-and-on uh, year, a little better year, I should say, for him. Fourth at the RBC Canadian Open with a 64 on Sunday at Glen Abbey. He was also in the final group at the Northern Trust, the first playoff event with Bryson DeChambeau, but unfortunately shot 78 in that round. So a 64 to win in a playoff over Justin Rose. Now, Justin Rose, even though he lost in the playoff, 
became the number one ranked player in the world, the 22nd player to reach the top spot since the ranking began back in 1986. And despite losing, Justin Rose was still pretty pumped about going to world number one. Oh man, I mean that's that's an amazing achievement. It's something I'm extraordinarily proud of. Obviously, you know, I, I'd love to go there by winning because that's obviously that's what I've been saying for a while. I want to get to world number one by winning golf tournaments. And uh, you know, today was fun. I was, you know, birdieing 16, 17. I knew Keegan was you know was ahead of me doing the same thing. So I kind of was responding really well. Hit a great putt in regulation. I felt though, you know, that that to, to win it. And then obviously just a poor playoff. Oh my God, just. Uh, you know, just with kind of glue coming out of that fringe there, and then I underread the part a little bit, and uh, here's what it is. And you know, in a playoff, that's it's over before you know it. You know, obviously sudden death, but yeah, uh, delighted to be world number one. It's uh, uh, it's boyhood dreams. You know what I mean? That was Justin Rose after going to world number one. So he's finished second in back-to-back events on the in the FedEx Cup playoffs. Of course, he won at Fort Worth earlier this year, a third at the Arnold Palmer uh, Invitational, of course, winning the HSBC champions uh, in China over Dustin Johnson, who blew a lead in that round. Some perspective on Justin Rose before we go to break. After turning pro, he missed 20 cuts in a row. Of course, we remember that open championship when he holed out as an 18-year-old. That was one of the greatest shots we've ever seen. It took him four more years to win in Europe. Then it took him 12 years to win in the United States. 15 years to win a major at Marion over Phil Mickelson. That was another great thing to see. 20 years later, he's now the new world number one. So congratulations uh, to Justin Rose, uh, of course, going into the Tour Championship. If he wins, he does win the FedEx Cup and the cool 10 million dollars we'll also hear from tiger woods a little later uh, in the show after he came up just a little short at the bmw championship on the other side we're going to hear bob's interview with rod spittle who was retired uh, from pga tour champions after a pretty darn good career this is golf talk canada this segment of gtc presented by acura was brought to you by the tp5 and tp5 x golf ball Five layers make it exactly like nothing else. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to switch today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by JPSM Golf. Canada's leading distributor of electric walking golf trolleys, including CartTech, MotoCaddy, and Stewart Golf Dream Machines. Visit jpsmgolf.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Producer Adam Scully sitting in for Mr. Weeks and Mr. Zacchino. Mark's going to join us uh, in about an hour from now. Fresh off the Guinness Tour in Ireland. We're going to discuss that and just how good Guinness really is in Ireland. It, it is something uh, to see for sure and taste. It is unbelievable. September 15th here in Toronto and everywhere, of course. Uh, 29 degrees today in Toronto. So if you're going out to play, uh, enjoy it. It's going to be a steamy one. Uh, that's for sure. Now, earlier we mentioned uh, with Bob Weeks that uh, he had a chance to uh, speak with Rod Spittle, who just retired on uh, PGA Tour Champions. He's had a pretty crazy run to get here, winning the Canadian Amateur Championship in 1977 and 78. Went to Ohio State, played golf with guys like John Cook and Joey Sindelar, 
and then, of course, went on to have a career off the golf course. When he turned 50, joined the PGA Tour champions, he qualified, and had a pretty darn good career. Let's hear Bob's conversation with Rod Spittle. And joined now by Rod Spittle, the retired Rod Spittle. And uh, how does that sound to, uh, to, to know that you're uh, officially a retired guy out there? I guess there was a, a little bit of uh, melancholy <laughs> on both sides of it, isn't there? All the above, Bob. Yeah, exactly right. It sounds a little old, which I, I, I'm not sure I like quite yet. But, you know, it's, uh, it's very cool. You know, we're back home in uh, Dublin, Ohio this morning, of course. And uh, it's nice to know that we don't have to get packed up and uh, do any more running around the rest of the year. So that part of it is really cool, Bob. That's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah, I guess there is some some benefit to to not having to be a road warrior for a while, like you've been for the last little while. Yeah. So let me let me actually start with sort of the end is and and how satisfied are you with yeah. with what you've accomplished and and where you are right now? Uh, very, Bob. I mean, I. I uh, you know, we had a great week in Calgary, obviously, and you know, as you've heard me say, you know, all week and, and really pretty much since uh, since the time we started, we we just didn't know what to expect when we started, you know, 13 or 14 years ago, and, and obviously we took a little bit of a chance at what we were chasing, but you know, once we arrived and, and uh, you know the uh, the fact that we made a career out of it is still extremely gratifying, and, and I'm proud of what Andy and I accomplished, and we did it together. Uh, and the fact that we finished last week in Calgary at home, you know, I, uh, I didn't quite realize between us, Bob, that it would be so special. But uh, obviously we did it by design, and, uh, you know, we picked our 11 tournaments for this year to play, and to finish at home was just very cool last week. There's no doubt about it. You mentioned earlier in the week that you weren't sure if you were going to be able to hold things together because it was going to be a very emotional week for you. <laughs> did it, did it, was that a bit of a surprise? Were you, were you surprised how emotional it did become? You know what? I will tell you, Bob, and you, you know, you've done this a long time, and, and, you know, we've both watched lots of athletes over the years. You know, a little bit. I mean, there were a couple of times, uh, you know, it, again, you obviously were there to play, and as I tease people nicely, I'm a professional. I'm sure I won't cry. But, you know, it, it, it's so much bigger than that. And, uh, you know, we've had a great time in Calgary, and you know what a wonderful event it is, first of all. And the folks there, the fans are, are extremely gracious and fun and loud, and there's lots of them. And, I mean, you know, when we walked up 18, as you probably or as you may have seen, you know, it's just, uh, it's just pretty cool. You know, I mean, that, that's all you can say. And, and, um, and you know this already, Bob, you know, we've had a ton of fun playing, as I say, for the last 10 or 12 years. And, and, uh, you know, there's that bond, as we know, no matter what Canadian athlete player or what Canadian athlete plays anytime, anyplace. And it, uh, you, could, you could tell it was just very special. So to be on the receiving end, like I said, was, was very, very nice. When you look back now, I know you had, you had a great amateur career and you've now had a great, uh, the end of a great professional yeah. career. What, what stands sure. out for you along that long road? Gosh, uh, well, I, I guess uh, two quick things, Bob. First of all, uh, you know, it, again, I, I was extremely fortunate, <laughs> you know, to have played college golf at Ohio State, and I would come home each summer and play. And, you know, and I, that's when I won my two Canadian amateurs, you know, in 77 and in 78. And if I can do the math correctly, you know, it was 40 years ago. And, you know, folks have always said, you know, how come you didn't go turn pro? How come you didn't do this or that? Well, you know, those, I mean, I – you know, I still have my rings, Bob, and, and they're 
uh, you know, that was the highlight of my amateur career. So, I mean, that made it very easy to walk away and, and kind of go be normal and work and, you know, raise a family and do, you know, all that stuff that we did. And then, of course, when you fast forward, you know, 25 to 30 years, you know, the next chapter of the book, you know, obviously the highlight was when uh, when we won in San Antonio in 2010, Bob, of course, because that was that was always my dream. You've heard me say it, you know, to other folks, you know, to, uh, again, not to sound too corny, you know, every kid in Canada grows up to either win the Stanley Cup, you know, I, yeah, everybody plays hockey in the winter, golf in the summer, and I was either going to win the Stanley Cup or, or uh, win a tournament on the PGA Tour, and it just so happened that, you know, I did the latter at 55. Took a little bit longer to get there, but I mean to you know to have one is still amazing, and and then obviously you know that helped us uh, uh, you know stay around and play for the last I guess it's been eight years since then obviously, and and uh, we just we got to hang out with the best players in the world as you know Bob and the guys who we watched growing up for a long time and watched here at Nearfield play, and uh, so it's uh, I guess those two bookends. You know that uh, you know have really, for the most part, helped us be able to walk away this second time around. So it's uh, it's all good. There's no doubt about it. When you fir- when you first turned professional, decided to, uh, to to attempt on the Champions Tour. Yeah. Was there any? Andy, I know uh-huh. you know you knew a lot of the guys who you were going to play with, but was there any nervousness about going out there as as a sort of a career amateur to take uh-huh. a step into the professional ranks? I mean, I guess you were welcomed with open arms, though, by most of the guys out there, weren't you? Well, I would. We were welcomed, Bob. How about that? First of all, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was the. You know, I mean, truly, if I tell you nicely, nobody was really paying attention. I mean, because, uh, you know, nobody was really paying attention because, again, you know, the chances, uh, as everybody knows, and you even know, I mean, the, the chances of coming out to play, you know, and, and skipping 25 years on the regular tour, you know, just doesn't happen very often. Uh, you know, we played with the kids in the Canadian tour when I was 49. I mean, nobody, you know, we knew, you know, again, and nobody knew who we were or really what we were up to back then, of course. But and that was part of our, uh, you know, when Andy and I started, we put a five-year game plan together, Bob, as you may have heard me say before. And that, that was sure. part of our strategy to, you know, to begin to turn the page. You know, again, I was, you know, very fortunate to have been a, you know, had a, you know, had a, uh, a a pretty decent amateur career, but again, you know, we were truly starting all over again, starting at the bottom of the ladder. I knew I had to get better. I knew I had to get smarter, and we had to do it as fast as we could, as quickly as we could. And and uh, so that was the game plan, you know, from from that standpoint. But then, you know, one of the things that Annie and I always talked about, and, and you know, the answer to this already. You know, we were walking into a to an environment that we were totally unfamiliar with and, and to, you know, it's very cool to have my name on the bag and pretend to be a professional. And then, you know, it's my turn to go to the first key and play against all those guys who I'd watched play forever. So, you know, that was, uh, that, uh, that took a while to get used to. And that, that may have been one of the, uh, uh, the biggest challenges in the whole journey, you know, to feel that we were a part of all of that. And then, like I said, fast forward, obviously the, 
you know, we took a giant step forward after we won, and, and that uh, that's kind of when everything, you know, the puzzle kind of came together. <laughs> uh, I, I asked this question to Dave Barr when he retired. I said, what are you going to do now? And he said one of the things was he was going to go back yep. to all the cities where he went and played golf and actually spend some time and look around and sightsee. These are the things <laughs> that, that a lot of normal people who go traveling that's, do. But, uh, but what do you and Annie yeah. have planned now for the next phase? That's a great answer. Yeah, I love that. Because, again, you know, I mean, the rest of that answer is that, yeah, it's really glamorous to go to Calgary. And what do you what did you see? I saw the airport, the hotel, and the golf course. Yeah, that's, <laughs> right. that's what we do. Uh, you know, the game the game plan really is uh, is is pretty simple. Um, but you know, we'll set up uh, home base back here in Dublin, Ohio, which is where we raised our kids. You know, we have three grown kids and seven grandkids, Bob. Wow. Uh, first of all, and it gives uh, and four of those seven are here in Columbus and. Uh, uh, they're all under four years old, and, and again, you may have heard me say a year from now, the two oldest, Hutton and Aubrey, go to kindergarten, so I get to take them to school every day, and uh, so that that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. But at the same time, you know, I'd I'd still like to to stay involved in golf, and and uh, and you know a little bit of this already. You know, I'd like to tiptoe back into the corporate world as a as an ambassador or brand ambassador, or you know, in some regards for a company or two, you know, both back home and maybe here in the state. So, you know, we, uh, it's nice that we get to, to take a step back from, from all of this and, and, uh, perhaps recreate what we're going to do next. And, uh, uh, so we will, I'll keep you posted. How about that? <laughs> that sounds very good. Congratulations on a wonderful <laughs> career and, uh, and enjoy your retirement. Hey, Bob, again, I really appreciate the time this morning. Thanks for having me. Talk to you soon. Okay? Okay. Take care. That was Bob Weeks and Rod Spittle. Just a great uh, career for Rod, and uh, all the best to you, Rod, going forward uh, in the next chapter uh, of your life. Coming up after the break, we're going to hear from producer Jamie Rydell. We're going to discuss the Ryder Cup, the FedEx Cup, Brooke Henderson, maybe some Adam Hadwin as well. That's all coming up after the break. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura, was brought to you by JPSM Golf, Canada's leading distributor of electric walking golf trolleys, including Kart Tech, Moto Caddy, and Stewart Golf Dream Machines. Visit jpsmgolf.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of Golf Talk Canada is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Producer Adam Scully sitting in for Bob Weeks and Mark Zacchino. Mark's going to join us in about 45 minutes now from Ireland, potentially with a Guinness in hand after the Guinness tour. I am still very, very jealous. Brooke Henderson's made another bogey, unfortunately. She's currently five shots off the lead of the Evian uh, Championship to discuss Brooke and much more in the world of golf. Joining us now is TSN golf producer, CFL producer, everything producer, Jamie Rydell. Jamie, how are you this morning? I'm great, Scully. Everything producer. Nice. That's this probably a the, lot of Scully time, eh? This is a lot of Scully time, two hours of Scully time, and that's probably the nicest thing I've ever said to you. 
That is the nicest thing you've ever said to me. And I can confirm that Mark does have a Guinness in his hand. He just posted it on Instagram. I'm very jealous, and I also wish I had a Guinness in my hand, but that's for uh, another uh, time. I mentioned Brooke, Brooke Henderson. Uh, so, obviously, she's five shots off the lead, but if she can make this comeback, and, you know, she yep. had four birdies in her last six holes on Friday, to have, if she were to go on to win this tournament, she would have uh, two majors and eight victories overall in her career. Mm-hmm. You, you probably have to be pretty close to saying that she's the best Canadian golfer of all time in that sense. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's really we're really close. And I, I don't think there's a question that she will be mm-hmm. by the time her career is over because she's going to win a lot of tournaments. We know that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, between her and her and Weirzy, it's probably still close because, you know, Weirzy rose to number three in the world, eight wins, yep. one major won a tour championship, won a world golf championship event, played on President's Cups. So it's it's really close, but, you know, there's no question Brooke's going to be. Uh, she's the best Canadian golfer we got going right now. And, you know, unfortunately today, she hasn't been on much of the coverage this morning. Mm-hmm. But she's just not striking the ball as well as she has been. And, you know, her her weakness is her short game. Mm-hmm. And around, especially around the green. So, you know, she hit, what, on... When she shot four under on the first day, she hit 17 to 18 greens. Well, she's only hit six of 10 so far today and made three bogeys. So, you know, that's that's her Achilles heel. But, yeah, if she, you know, the sky's the limit for Brooke. She's going to win a lot. Um, so buckle up, Canada. She will win a lot. She's always – she seems to be putting herself into contention more uh, just uh, every week, it seems. And uh, she's going to win a lot. Yeah, she's sure definitely going to win a lot. And we'll have a full recap of Brooks' performance uh, this week on Golf Talk Canada uh, television. Speaking of Canadians, uh, Adam Hadwin, uh, he made the World Cup of Golf team uh, coming up in a couple months in November. Uh, but his season did come to an end uh, mm-hmm. at the, at the uh, BMW Championship, finishing 36 in the FedEx Cup. What did you think of his season overall, Jamie? It just seemed... It was a good season. He obviously mm-hmm. had a good season. He's going to finish, what, 36th on yep. the FedEx Cup list. Um, no wins, only a few top tens, but it just was inconsistent. And the, I think the, the surprising thing for, for me and, you know, when we've talked to Weeksy and everything is that his putter was struggling. Um, he's such a good putter. And I think he tried to he tried to focus on so much of the ball striking that he lost a little bit of the putter. And he started to get that back near the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, he almost, you know, he was in position to make a charge to get into that top 30, which, you know, as we both know, brings a whole ton of exemptions with majors and World Golf Championship events and everything. So, um, you know, I think he would, I think he would say it was an okay year. Um, And I think he probably would have wanted a little bit more, but in the end, it was a pretty good year, just you know, really inconsistent. Yeah, for sure uh, at that. And it's too bad, uh, you know, that double bogey on the 10th hole, on the, or yeah. on his 10th hole, I should say, yeah. uh, in the final round of the BMW Championship uh, came back uh, to cost him. But all in all, still, you know, a decent year for our, our number mm-hmm. one male uh, Canadian uh, golfer. You, you, you mentioned the term inconsistent, and, and that's how I would uh, qualify the year of Jordan Spieth. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. man, yeah. And to miss the Tour Championship, potentially face a suspension. Suspension uh, for not playing enough events. This has just been a wacky year for Jordan Spieth, hasn't it? It, it really has. And, you know, again, with him, it's that the short game was just killing him. Mm-hmm. Killing him, his putter. I uh, couldn't make anything, which, again, 
he's like an all-world putter. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, very inconsistent. Wasn't really good in the majors. Um, you know, you expect more. Again, expectations for him. Mm-hmm. You know, aren't really at Tiger level, but you know the expectations for these top players is they win multiple times each year. Nobody's going to win nine times anymore. Yep. I think we can safely agree to that. Mm-hmm. But if you don't win multiple times and contend in majors, you know that's a disappointing year. And for Jordan Spieth to not make the Tour Championship is extremely surprising. Yeah. Um, you know, it's I, I don't know I don't know what his what it was. It's it's for him. I think you know we see him right. He talks all the time. <laughs> I think it's just all in his head. Yeah. A lot, I think he's just got to get out of his head, and he'll probably he's going to get a good break here. Mm-hmm. He's going to play the Ryder Cup. Who knows? Maybe he'll find some magic in the Ryder Cup that can spark him towards next year. Mm-hmm. But it was a really, really disappointing year for Jordan Spieth. Yeah, you mentioned the Ryder Cup there, and that's where I'm really curious which Jordan Spieth is going to show mm-hmm. up. Uh, the previous two Ryder Cups he played, and he was pretty darn good. Yep. Uh, at the President's Cup last year, he was pretty good, but he still has never won a singles match, which is still hard to believe. So, I mean, I'm expecting a pretty darn good Jordan Spieth, and I I would still think he's going to play with Patrick Reed, but I'm really not sure what we're going to see out of Jordan Spieth in a couple weeks in in, uh, Paris. Yeah, I I, I completely agree. It's, uh, you know, it could be one of those events that just sparks him to refine that magic, especially with the putter, because that's where, you know, Ryder Cups are won on the greens. Mm -hmm. And... You know, this is why Ian Poulter, when he's playing well, makes teams, or even when he's not playing well, makes teams, because he just rises to the moment on the greens. Um, and that's that's Jordan Spieth. Like, that's his bread and butter. He's a tremendous ball striker, but, you know, from 25 feet out, his putting stats are incredible mm-hmm. and so much better than everybody else's. Um, so if he's going to find any magic, it's this, you know, the U.S. hasn't won on foreign soil in ages. Um what 20 years 20, 25 like, i believe 93 yeah yeah 93 and you know if anything's going to spark him you know even playing with patrick reed is going to get a lot of booze if he <laughs> if they do decide to keep them paired together it might just give him that extra motivation that he needs to make some shots because again that group that twosome if they go with that group of reed and spieth are not really on form no, right not at all yeah um, every, every, everybody talks about how great the U.S. team is, and they are. So is the European team. However, some of those guys aren't going so hot right now. Like, I, you look down and you see DeChambeau and Finau who are playing great at the bottom, but some of their top guys are not going great right now. And so for everybody to say it's just going to be a complete wash is, I think, is ridiculous. Uh, I don't know how you feel, but, you know, that, that pairing, if they're going to count on them, isn't in the best form. Yeah, yeah, not in the best form at all, and uh, you know the complete wash. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I even said last last week on the air that uh, I, I was still taking the Europeans. Uh, yeah, just be you the know, the, yeah, they've been dominant, and a lot of a lot of their guys are on top form. Maybe one guy who yep. has sort of had a quiet little stretch here uh, is a guy. Uh, like John Rahm, who's who's been a little, uh, yeah, he's been, yeah, he, he's been he's been a little uh, MIA, yes, a little bit as of late. He, mm-hmm. he had he had some uh, wild scene or a couple of good birdies, uh, and he was playing to the crowd a bit in Philly at the BMW Championship. But all in all, uh, the Ryder Cup uh, two weeks from right now, it'll be day two of coverage, and I can't mm-hmm. wait to watch. Yeah, it. it's, it's gonna be awesome. It's one of my favorite uh, events uh, of the year. Uh, Jamie, you're gonna stick around because a- coming up after the break, we're gonna do a very special Rydal and 
Scully edition of Winners Weird and What. What is going to happen? It's going to be the craziest one yet, I've got to say. <laughs> Hour one of Golf Talk Canada is in the fridge. Hour two, the back nine coming up next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Golf Talk Canada. For blogs, show archives, video highlights, and TV schedule, visit us online at golftalkcanada.ca. We'll be right back with more GTC. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to the Back Nine. Of Golf Talk Canada, producer Adam Scully sitting in for the next hour. Jason Sobel of Action Network is going to join us in our next segment to discuss caddying on the PGA Tour. Yes, he caddied for Brendan Steele last Monday on the PGA Tour. But rejoining us now is producer Jamie Rydell. Uh, so it's uh, Scully and Rydell, special edition of Winners yeah. Weird and What. Jamie, are you ready? I am ready. All right, Jamie, the tea is yours. Oh, I I'll answer the first. question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Bring it. All right. Well, my, my, it's ironic. My winner is Jordan Smith. Ooh. And we talked about how bad his year was, the yep. possible suspension, which he'll probably only get fined. Mm-hmm. But my winner is Jordan Spieth, and for this reason, it's not golf-related. Yep. Um, his foundation founded a this week c- cut the ribbon in Dallas on a park, an all-inclusive park for all ages um, in Dallas for for children with not only not only not only regular children but children with neurological disorders. Mm-hmm. We all know his sister Ellie yep. and how close they are, and she's got a neurological disorder. But the park is is supposed to provide social interaction for all, t- all children at all levels and also has some challenges that you can reach as you get older. And, um, you know, you always see him with Ellie bouncing around the golf course and everything, and he loves his sister. And this is an amazing thing that Jordan Spieth has done through his foundation to help build this, you know, use the star that he's built to help, uh, to help kids with neurological disorders. So that's my winner. My weird is... You know, every, I don't know if anybody knows, but Phil Mickelson is on Twitter. It's recent. <laughs> and, and he's had a pretty epic introduction to Twitter. And the latest one is just so strange to me. His preparation for the Ryder Cup, if you, if you go on his Twitter feed and you see it, he's actually shooting something, we think, from distance with a sniper rifle to try and calm his nerves. <laughs> a guy that's been in the hunt in how many majors, who's won five, who's won multiple 40 some tournaments is uh using this it's if you don't see it you got you got to watch it because he shoots the gun we know that yeah whether he actually hits the target we'll never know i question we'll never know <laughs> but it's it's his twitter feed is 
has started out very well. Well, yeah, and, and so I'm actually looking at his Twitter feed right now, and, and uh, once he was named the captain's pick for the Ryder Cup team, he tweeted out a photo with him wearing uh, some sort of bandana, some uh, USA sunglasses, so honored to be a part of Team USA, feeling, P-H-E-E-L-I-N-G, patriotic, <laughs> feeling, same thing, fierce, yeah. and and fierce is spelled P-H-I-E-R-C-E. So Phil, <laughs> Phil's killing the Twitter game. Twitter whoever, game strong. If, if it's not him or whoever his guy is, he did a good job of yeah. this guy, but this video is hilarious. Oh, yeah. And my, and my what is what a rise we've had to number one for Justin Rose. Mm. Um, he's been a, an unbelievably consistent player for the last decade. He's a fantastic guy and a fantastic player, and he's now the new number one. But from where we went to when we he was introduced to us as the low amateur at the Open in 1998, when yeah. he pulled out from 50 yards on 18, he throws the hat up in the air and his arms up in the air, walking through walking through the rough. It's an unbelievable moment. But then to start his pro career with about 23 missed cuts in a row <laughs> and struggling for his first two to three years, to where we're at now, where he's uh, he's a nine-time PJ winner, he's won a major, he's been on Ryder Cups, uh, and now he's the number one player in the world, the first Englishman since, well, Luke Donald and Lee Westwood and Nick Falder are the only other Englishman to do it. Mm-hmm. And to do it so quietly as yeah. well, you know, DJ gets all the props, but here's Justin Rose over the last 12 months who in 25 tournaments has four wins and 18 top tens, and that's how he's been able to do it. Um, in this day and age, we're not at a place where there's going to be one dominant number one anymore. There's going to be a whole bunch of guys that go up and down, and that's what we've seen with DJ and Spieth. Rory and and uh, and Justin Thomas. Mm-hmm. So now it's Justin Rose, and it's been quite after such a after such a horrible start to his <laughs> pro career, after being such a promising amateur, to now at age 38 to be the number one player of the world. Um, it's been great to see for Justin Rose. Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a very crazy uh, rise to the top. He, of course, the 22nd player to reach the top spot since the ranking began back in 1986. And we'll have a mm-hmm. full analysis, an in-depth look at Justin Rose going to number one this week on Golf Talk Canada TV. All right, Jamie, am I, help, am I helping out the TV program? Oh, are you Man, ever? Just teasing everything. Just teasing everything. I love it. All right, Jamie, the tea is now mine. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! Well, JR, my winner this week is a cool little video that uh, that came out. Uh, it's with Rory McIlroy, Henrik Stenson, Tommy Fleetwood, and Ian Poulter. They're all sitting in a car. Uh, they, they first prank uh, Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, Henrik Stenson goes on to say he talks about how the Ryder Cup is a great event for the rookies because they get to play early in the week. They don't play at all Friday and Saturday, but they get to play the practice rounds and they go out and play singles on Sunday. Uh, and With Henrik Stenson's wit, uh, he is is just mm-hmm. hilarious in that sense. But then it goes on. Rory McIlroy <laughs> decides to call the captain Thomas Bjorn. And he says, you know, Captain, uh, I think every player on the team should have this $20,000 cryotherapy chamber for everyone on the team. You know, it, it's, it's going to run the bill up just a little bit. Uh, but but Rory has the captain going pretty darn good. Ian Poulter's killing himself laughing. Yeah. I, I love these sort of videos. Uh, the European Tour has done a great mm-hmm. job related to these videos to, to really show the viewer and, and the the listener out there, just what kind of personality these guys really have. Yeah, their digital is amazing. Um, and they get the best players in the world to do it. Mm-hmm. 
You know, that's that's where they separate themselves from the PJ Tour. They get their guys. Like you're you're talking Roy McIlroy, Henrik Stenson. You know, Justin Rose has done this stuff. You know, mm-hmm. you got you got Ian Poulter and Tommy Fleetwood <laughs> in the back, and like even the challenges they do. Oh yeah. Where the, the one club or the speed golf the one, that one. The which one? The, uh, the speed, speed golf. Speed one golf. Is great, yeah. But even the one where you just eliminate clubs oh, yeah. to, play, to try and hit the green, <laughs> and you don't they don't get like the mid level guys. They get the top the top guys like Thomas Peters did the one the other uh, last the last round. Like they, their digital is crazy good, and they had if Thomas Bjorn. If he ever tries to deny that he wasn't hooked, he was hooked. <laughs> oh, he was hooked. Uh, all right, for sure. Now, you mentioned Thomas Peters there, and that's where I'm going for my weird. And this might be a little sour grapes on Thomas Peters' part. But mm-hmm. uh, in a recent interview with uh, Bunkered Magazine, uh, Peters uh, took some shots at uh, the course setup at Hazeltine two years ago. Uh, and he said, you know, it came down to putting. But he, t- he said Phil Mickelson was sometimes hitting it six fairways left or right, but was able to hit it on the green and make a 40-footer. I didn't think the Ryder Cup setup was that great, to be honest. Then he goes on to say about how uh, some of the things that were shouted at players were inappropriate, and and that was true. I I will say that. (laughs) That one was true. But then he did say, maybe that's because they sell beer at 7 a.m. and Americans can't drink. (laughs) Okay. That's that's quite a remark there, Thomas. (laughs) I've... (laughs) <laughs> he he's a fiery guy. He is. And again, he was I you know, he was in contention to get a captain's pick, I think, just based on his play from before, how he fared so well with Rory McElroy. Yep. yep. But you know, he just like was it the open championship where he broke his club? Oh yeah. After he hit a bad oh, shot. Yeah. And, Threw it in the bush, yeah. You know, he's not the first guy to criticize Americans handling of alcohol. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's for sure. And and of course, Peter actually, Peter's actually snapped a putter uh, a, a week or two. I saw a video right. of that too, which was, uh, you know, he's quite a fiery guy, but unfortunately he will not be at the Ryder Cup. But that brings me to my what as well. Uh, what a sight this is going to be. So they took uh, the mm-hmm. Ryder Cup uh, Twitter account, posted a photo of the first tee with the stand set up. And how many people are going to be able to fit in there? 6,500 people. On That's the first awesome. tee. That's essentially saying a crowd for an Ontario Hockey League game is yeah. going to be watching the first tee at the Ryder Cup. Now, I can just only imagine if Bubba Watson and Ian Poulter pump up the crowd like yeah. they did uh, at the 2012 Ryder Cup at Medina and Bubba did again at Glen Eagles. Just what a sight this is going to be. Yeah, it's the first tee of the Ryder Cup, like the Ryder Cup itself, uh, not being a biased golf guy, but the Ryder Cup itself is one of the best events of the year. 100%. Um, I, I love the Ryder Cup. And that first tee, I've been on that first tee when we've covered the Ryder Cup. Mm-hmm. And it is nuts. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that the, I, I'm glad the European Tour is going that way. Because sometimes when you go to Europe, it, those, some of those courses are so sparse mm-hmm. that you don't get quite the crowds that you get at the US, in the U.S. because everything's so packed tight together. But, yep. you know, when you get as many fans as they pile in there on for four groups <laughs> you're going to get massive galleries and it's going to be loud and you're going to get a nice mixture and you know the europeans can be just as loud as the americans mm-hmm. and it'll be interesting to see how it goes this this time around with uh if the europeans go over the top with with stuff because we know that any sort of fan can go over the top oh, yeah. um but the first tee of the Ryder cup especially on sunday singles is unreal the energy that they have there um and the u.s used it 
to their advantage last year when he had guys in the stands. You know, who was it? Snedeker was in the stands oh, yeah. with the guys cheering. Yep. And it's, it is such a crazy – maybe that was the President's Cup. No, I, I, I think you're no, right. No, it was no, the right, last right. yeah, Ryder right. Cup. They, yeah. Guys were in the stands. It was – it's an epic, epic um, – Scenery, I, I I love it. It's the energy is so crazy good. Yeah, I, I I can't wait to see it. And the Ryder Cup uh, gets going uh, 13 days from now. It's going to be mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Well, Jamie, it's been a lot of fun with you today. Thank you for joining us for this very Thanks, special man. edition of Winners Weird and What. And we the real will... the real talent behind the show. Wow, right? wow. Well, well right. I, I'm not sure if Bob and Mark are going to hear this, but uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Jamie, thanks for joining us this morning, That's and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, absolutely, pal. See ya. So yeah, that was uh, producer Jamie Rydell, all things golf and CFL for TSN. Coming up after the break, we're going to go one-on-one with Jason Sobel of the Action Network. Yes, he's a reporter, but he also was a caddy last week on the PGA Tour. How did that happen? We'll get that answer next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of Golf Talk Canada is brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Don't wait to play one of Canada's top 100 golf courses. Pay $500 towards your 2019 membership and play the rest of 2018 for free. Visit cedarbraygolfclub.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Producer Adam Scully sitting in for Bob Weeks. Mark Sacchino is going to join us in the next segment from Ireland, fresh off the Guinness Tour. We'll hear all about that. I'm very jealous uh, about that. But right now, joining us on the line is Action Network writer Jason Sobel. Jason, how are you this morning? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, Adam. Thank you for joining me. And uh, usually we talk about how good your writing is, and we'll get to that. But first, you had a very interesting opportunity to be a caddy on the PGA Tour, for real, with Brendan Steele. How did this all come about? Uh, Yeah, we had uh, talked about it. Uh, Brendan and I have become uh, pretty good friends over the last few years. And uh, we talked about uh, just kind of joking around about me caddying for him. And so... On Saturday afternoon at the BMW, I happened to be standing by the scoring area waiting for some of the leaders to finish up so we could interview them. And uh, Brendan had just finished, and uh, he was talking with his caddy, Christian Donald. And they'd been on the road for 43 straight days playing <laughs> golf tournaments. And uh, Christian lives, I believe, in London, and his wife is seven months pregnant, has been home to see her in a while. Oh my God. He had a Sunday night flight scheduled home. And at this point, Brendan is out of the running for any sort of tournament title. Is out of the running for making the next week at East Lake. He basically has one last lame duck round in his season to complete. And so uh, they knew the, the final round was going to be washed out on Sunday. And he said, Christian, don't stay for the final round on Monday. I don't need you. I'll find someone to carry the bag for me. Go home. Uh, you've done You've done enough already. <laughs> We've been on the road for a long time. You need to get home. Don't reschedule. It's not worth it. And so I happened to be standing nearby, and I was kind of talking to him a little bit. And he turned to me and said, 
hey, you want the bag Monday? And I, I said, sure. And that was as quick as it needed to be because uh, uh, within uh, 30 seconds, we, uh, we had a, an oral agreement, I guess, on uh, me caddying for him on, on Monday afternoon. And, and, and it was fun. It, it went great. Uh, I, was, uh, I was pretty nervous beforehand, but uh, we had a great group and we had a lot of fun and uh, I had a cool experience out of it. Well, and, and this round wasn't exactly, you know, your sunny, nice day outside. It, it, there, was, there was rain coming down, uh, potential for you to, you know, hold the umbrella. So it wasn't exactly the easiest gig for you uh, on, on the Monday because of the weather. What was it actually like inside the ropes? Yeah, they always say when it's raining out, in order to caddy, you need to be basically part octopus and have three arms <laughs> yeah. out there to you know carry carry the clubs and carry an umbrella and wipe everything down. So uh, it wasn't too bad, but he's got this rain cover that goes across the top of the bag when mm-hmm. it's raining out. We had to cover up the clubs mm-hmm. and just trying to unzip and zip that thing back up and grab a club out. Uh, that was a little awkward. So we, I struggled with that a little bit. But other than that, uh, look, it, this was paint-by-numbers caddying. I don't want anyone to think that uh, I was doing anything too heroic out there. I, he got all of his own yardages. He pulled his own clubs. He read his own butts. I was basically a human push cart out there just moving his clubs around the golf course. Well, you're moving his clubs around the golf course, and it's, it's always a question that uh, many people have. Just how heavy was the bag? He told me afterwards that with all the rain gear and the umbrella, it was probably close to 50 pounds. I think on a normal day, it's about 40 pounds uh, where they're not expecting any sort of weather to come through. But with all the rain stuff, it was uh, close to 50. And uh, was there any soreness the day after? No, I felt fine. I, I really did. Uh, you know, I don't. I do not want to turn this into like I'm some sort of martyr for uh, caddying for one round. Uh, you know, guys, uh, I had played with caddies a couple days before that, and yep. I had guys out double bagging uh, with myself and another guy. So, it, and it was hot out then. I, I and we had this discussion before the round. We were actually talking with Keegan Bradley, who mm-hmm. wound up winning the golf tournament, and we we're we we're talking about whether it was tougher to caddy in. 98-degree temperatures with a lot of humidity or 65 degrees in rain. And Keegan maintained absolutely 65 degrees in rain. And Brendan and I both said, I, I don't know. I, I don't think I want to be out here at 100 degrees. I played golf in that where I didn't have to carry my bag. And uh, I, I don't know that I really want to be out there carrying a bag in that heat. So, um I, I think we got the, the uh, better end of the draw in, in that respect, the weather. Yeah, yeah I can imagine. Uh, and, of course, uh, in that threesome as well was none other than Phil Mickelson, who's obviously known to tell some great stories, and his Twitter account has gone off the rails. It's hilarious. Uh, were any any fun Phil moments uh, throughout the round? Uh, yeah, uh, I think a few of them are off the record. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, you know, we're keeping those to ourselves. Yeah. But, no, it, Phil was fantastic the entire day. I thought I'd get some... Uh, good-natured needling and ribbing from Phil about being a media guy inside the ropes, caddying. But, no, I saw him in the locker room beforehand. He came over, shook my hand, said, hey, we're going to have a great day. And we did. We we had a lot of fun out there. Uh, he said he wanted one good story out of me for nine holes. And uh, I think I only got him one total, so I still owe him a good story somewhere. But uh, other than that, no, we had a terrific time. Oh, there you go. That sounds like a blast. And before we let you go, speaking of uh, fun stories, uh, you've, you've had a series come out on the Action Network, uh, favorite golf gambling stories. Uh, it, they're a great read uh, to go and read them. Uh, do you have a favorite of the ones you've you've uh, heard or written so far? Oh, boy, there's so many of them. Uh, Tony Finau's might not be my might be my favorite. Yeah, that was a good one, too. Yeah, It, it, it was good. I, and for those who haven't read it, it was uh, Finau said when he was in – 
Um, when he just turned pro, he was 19 years old. He and his younger brother would uh, drive from Utah to Las Vegas and play in these big money matches. And he would show up, and he's got these high socks, and he's got uh, you know cargo shorts, and uh, he doesn't look like your prototypical uh, young golfer. And so all these guys would line up and, and want to play them for money. And they would play for big money, and they would usually win. Well, one day he's down 800, I believe, and he's got – uh, a hole that could be worth 1200 uh, and he goes out there and uh, hits one right at the stick, and they get up there, and it's in the hole. <laughs> he said, look, if I don't make that, I, and, and we lose that hole and we continue losing, he goes, I don't know what I'm going to do because I, I can't afford that. I don't have that kind of money on me, mm-hmm. and I can't get that kind of money. It's not as if I can just call home and say, hey, send me 1200 bucks <laughs> because I just lost a golf match. I, said, I don't know what they're going to do to us if we don't win that match. And so uh, he wound up making a hole-in-one, wound up winning the match. And I think that goes to speak to how well he's played under pressure uh, over the last year as well. Yeah, it's, it's been a wild ride for Tony Finau, and he'll be on the Ryder Cup uh, Team USA for sure as well. Uh, Jason, thanks so much for joining us this morning, and uh, all the best here going forward. Thanks, Adam. I really appreciate it. That was Jason Sobel of the Action Network. You can find him on Twitter at JasonSobelTAN. Coming up after the break, we're going to Ireland. We're going to go one-on-one with Mark Sacchino, fresh off the Guinness Tour. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Don't wait to play one of Canada's top 100 golf courses. Pay $500 towards your 2019 membership and play the rest of 2018 for free. Visit cedarbraygolfclub.com today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and new Tour 360. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. The back nine here on the show. Producer Adam Scully sitting in. Well, we heard from Bob Weeks. We've heard from Rod Spittle. We've heard from Jamie Rydell. We've heard from Jason Sobel, and now it's time to go to Ireland and bring in Mark Zacchino. Mark, how is Ireland on this fine Saturday? It's wonderful, Scully. It is, uh, it's a great day. The temperature's quite warm. It's about 17 degrees. I've seen a bunch of golfers on their way out of a hotel this morning on their way to go play Royal uh, Royal Port Marnock, Ooh. Old Port Marnock, excuse me, Ooh. Old Port Marnock, and uh, it's a good spot. It's, it's great. I'm in Dublin now. Spent uh, three days down in the southwest in Killarney, which is like a little vacation area, checking out uh, the Irish countryside. Beautiful. Played a lot of golf down there. That's a place, that's the kind of part of the country we'll find. Valley Bunyan, Trey Lee, uh, uh-huh. courses of that nature. Um and then now into the city. So doing the Temple Bar thing, we just Oof. went to the, you're going to love this, Skull. Oh, yeah. It was at the Guinness <laughs> Storehouse Factory. So the home of Guinness and, and the main factory of Guinness uh, for the world, the home of Guinness. Did the factory today, did the tour today. We're standing there. This is Golf Talk Canada and I. And the general <laughs> tour walked by. It was lovely because Tours of Ireland arranged like a private tour for us, which Ooh. was great. So we're standing there with our tour guide, Leo, great guy. Uh, did, did, did a wonderful job. And this general tour is walking by, and all of a sudden, all these people from Kelowna 
go, hey, Mark. No way. Jump out of the line. Yes, and they said, we watch you guys all the time, listen to you guys all the time. So we stood there and we talked golf, took a couple photos, and everybody from Ireland was staring at us like, who the hell are these people? <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Golf it's Talk cool. Canada on the road, baby. Yes, yes, very cool, and uh, we talked golf with them, and they're playing some great golf courses. I said, what are you doing? It was kind of cool, because they're doing exactly, really, the reason why I'm here, you know, seeing what other things there are to do outside of golf, and it was like they're playing golf every other day while they're here. Oh, nice. And today they did, uh, you know, did the Guinness Tour, and, you know, they're going to go down to the Temple Bar and have some fun tonight, and tomorrow they're going to play golf again. So There you go. Well, so so you, you've mentioned the, the the Guinness Tour, and and we've actually spoken about it throughout the uh, the ninety minutes so far on Golf Talk Canada. After seeing your great photos being posted on on Twitter and Instagram, uh, what was that experience like, and, and what was it like to pour your own Guinness? Yeah, so uh, I've poured my own Guinness before, just not co- correctly. <laughs> 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 so it's great, you know. You, they walk you through the process on 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 how it happens start to finish it's a 10-day process actually mm-hmm. in total from the uh you know from the time you start with your your ingredients and and you have a perfect pint it's it's 10 days it's pretty amazing and, uh, most of the ingredients there's only four ingredients in guinness and most of it comes right here uh from ireland mm-hmm. and you know native however i was amazed that you know the hops in fact 80 percent of the world's hops comes from uh, Western North America, including British Columbia. So right. a lot of the hops in Guinness come from BC. So a little Canadian content there mm-hmm. in, in the Guinness. So it was great. We went through the entire process, the tour, poured our own Guinness, went to the bar on the seventh floor that uh, called Gravity that overlooks the entire city. Gorgeous views up there, and uh, tried some Guinness as well. Some product that hasn't made it outside of Ireland mm-hmm. yet that will be distributed in Canada. I'm soon very. Sh- Shortly, and uh, found out that Canada is on the short list of uh, some of the largest Guinness-consuming countries around the world per capita. No surprise there, Scully, mm-hmm. at all, right? It's, uh, so, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. They, they had a great wall of some famous people that have been through there. Uh, we're not up there yet, so we'll do the next time around. Um, <laughs> And some golfers have been through there. They said Patrick Harrington's been through. Oh, I can imagine. So yeah, you know they love their their Irish golf connection. In fact, our tour guide wanted to talk golf with us uh, for part of it the whole way around. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I can imagine. And and for those of us who haven't, or for those of you who haven't been to Ireland, uh, having a Guinness in Canada is a hundred percent different than having a Guinness in Ireland. The taste, as you can attest to, Mark, it's just more. It's more fresh in Ireland. It just tastes better. Well, you think it just the one you're drinking just came from that, yeah. <laughs> came yeah. from that vat on the other side of the wall, yeah. right? So it's uh, it's totally different. But uh, you know they're ramping up. It's going to be a big uh, a big twelve month kind of run uh-huh. for Ireland as the as you know because you're going to be yep. touring Ireland next year. Mm-hmm. The Open Championship is is back for the first time in close to seventy years yeah. on the, the north side of Northern Ireland up at uh, Royal Portrush, but. Uh, I think uh, I think they're going to really ramp up. I think you're going to see a lot. I'm happy to, you know, they're going to be a part of uh, Tours of Ireland in, in 2019, coming on board with Golf Talk Canada, which is awesome. So we'll be doing some content for them on radio and television. And uh, I think it's all kind of, you know, ramping up and, and, and aiming for that Open Championship is, is kind of the, the top of their year. Not that golf is, you know, the only thing they do. Obviously, there's lots to do. In fact, most of the people I've bumped into in Dublin, 
from they don't they're not even near the golf. They don't even have their golf clubs. Right? In the countryside, you see obviously a ton of golfers, mm-hmm. but uh, but that's that's the big uh, kind of dirt on the board. That's the target on the board next next year in July. Uh, the Open Championship in uh, Royal Port Rush. And how big would it be, Scully, if, if an Irishman, if a Rory, if an, a Rory McIlroy or yeah, you know, somebody like that you mm-hmm. know, were able to, to win it on Irish soil? I think obviously Rory being the, the obvious one, Graham McDowell, but you know, Rory being the top players in the world, how, how good would that be if you were able to grab that next year? It, it, it'd be unbelievable. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're very pleased to have Tourism Ireland uh, on board. It's going to be a great year with, with the Open. Open championship, and I know players already on tour have already spoken about how excited they are to go back to Royal Port Rush. I, I've had the honor and pleasure of playing the golf course, but before the recent uh, renovations, and it is a true links golf course. There's some big bunkers, uh, but it is as good and as classic as it gets. Yeah, and apparently with the Reno, uh, and I believe it was really in the last few holes. Uh, yep. Of yep. the golf course, bringing the ocean back in the play mm-hmm. on the finish, mm-hmm. apparently, it was was part of it. I haven't seen it. Uh, I played it as well before the rental, just yeah. like you, Scully. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see, fun to watch it on TV. Tough golf course, like most Lakes golf courses, a lot of it weather dependent, right, on what the score gets. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get even par one over two over five over. You can also get fifteen under if you get yep. the summer they had this year in Ireland. Similar to the summer they had in England and Scotland, you can get twenty under par if it's sunny and the wind's down. Right. Yep. So uh, we we'll see. I don't think they get back. I think Royal Portrush is a pretty solid test, even even in good weather. So don't don't think that that. But certainly you can get a winning score of, of somewhere under par if the weather's good. But if the weather is not. Uh, great. If they don't have the summer they had this year, it, you know, it could be quite high. It's, it's a challenging layout. It's, it's a great spot. I can't wait to see it on a global stage. It's been too long. I don't know why it took so long yeah. to come back. I know there's going to have to be uh, there was an investment in infrastructure up there. I, I know you can remember probably last time you were there. If you look around, you go, okay, where is the world going to stay up here? Yeah. Right there. Yeah. You know, it's great for a golf trip when you've got foursomes and you know eightsomes and sixteen. You can get into the great spots like the Bushmills Inn, and mm-hmm. there's great little towns nearby. But if we're talking a hundred thousand people visiting <laughs> for the Open Championship, that that's a whole different set of, of, of infrastructure. Well, part of the reason why other golf courses haven't made it back to the uh, the open road uh, in, in a long time, you know, some of them are still listed as open road courses, and mm-hmm. yet it's been so long since we've seen them. And a lot of it is waiting for the infrastructure to be completed, necessary to hold an open championship now in 2018, 2019, 2020, versus where it was needed in, in 1980. You know, so it's, yeah. it's a big difference. So. It's going to be fun to see. Can't wait. And uh, I know you'll come over with your golf clubs next year. I'm coming back with my golf clubs next year. So, you know. That's uh, yeah. That, that's very exciting, and I know uh, I, I, another golf course that'd be incredible to have the Open Championship would be Royal County Down. I, I can just just that would be unbelievable. So many guys are so high uh, on that golf course when it's been there in the past, the Irish Open just a few years ago, uh, to say the least. Uh, you mentioned Rory McIlroy just a little earlier, and if he is going to be in contention at next year's Open Championship at Royal Portrush, he's going to have to do something about this wedge game, isn't he, Mark? Holy. My God, you know, last week it looked like things were getting better. Yeah. You know, I ripped them. I took a beating on social media because, you know, I ripped them for taking a week off and mm-hmm. all the Rory fans, you know, oh, you don't like Rory, you hate Rory. I love Rory. So I, I can't stand here. I'm not being critical of Rory because I dislike Rory. First of all, 
I have no personal relationships with any of these players to the point to where I would have any dislike for anybody personally. There's yeah. a couple of guys that I have, a, you know, media relationships with that, you know, that might not be the warmest souls in the world. And maybe you go, oh, that guy's hard to talk to, hard to deal with. But I, I enjoy Rory. I think Rory's one of the nicest guys out there. I certainly think he's one of the most talented guys. I love interviewing Rory. I love his personality. The reason I'm hard on Rory is that I think he's so talented, Adam. I think mm-hmm. he is as good as anybody in the world. He's as gifted as anybody. There's probably nobody. There are guys as talented as Rory, but I don't believe there's anybody with more talent than Rory. And to, to waste the last couple of years, really, of your career, in my opinion, it's a waste when you're talking about that level, uh, when this year could potentially close and the only win he has is, is that Bay Hill. Uh, you know, it's, to me, it's a waste to watch this career go by because, you know, you haven't maybe put in the work necessary or you haven't made the changes necessary inside 120 yards to to take advantage of all the gifts you have as a player, you know. And, uh, and I don't know what the recipe is. I don't know if it's more work, if he needs to, to find some new information inside that, that zone. But you, you're not going to compete on that level. Uh, the way you want with that wedge game. It's just not going to happen. And, and, you know, last week we saw him in the mud in Philadelphia, and, and there's no surprise there that in the mud he would contend. And, you know, he had, a, he had a great three days and then just could not really do anything on the final day, okay? Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, you can't rely on a golf course being sopping wet and, and, and basically underwater to, to compete. That's not, and that's not what you're going to see, especially at majors, as you know. So, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. You've got a bit of a two-plane swing, right? Yep. Uh, it kind of goes out and then drops in. There's a lot of timing and a lot of uncoiling with the arms falling into place. Looks beautiful, the driver, the long irons. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think he's just got to quiet it up on, yeah, on the short fun. irons. I think he's got to maybe hit, uh, uh, some ha- hit a lot more half wedges, a lot more half nine irons, things like that. Quiet the lower body, uh, three-quarter swings. I-, I think that's the road. But then again, I'm not in Rory's camp. But if I was Scully, that's what I'd be saying to him. I'm saying, okay, when we get down to these yardages now, we're going to stop hitting full shots because you can't control your spin mm-hmm. and your timing's all over the place. We're going to hit half shots and three-quarter shots the rest of the way. Let's see how – let's just do a test here. Let's play the rest of this year without hitting a full shot inside 120 yards, and let's see what the numbers show us at the end of the year. Yeah, and I, I find especially with the you know his wedges and and you know nine and pitching wedge he, you know he'll miss long and left and he'll hit it to thirty feet or miss the green and it's just puzzling to watch. Uh, but another guy we've spoken about a lot this year and for good reason uh, is Tiger Woods and uh, you know obviously his driver looked a lot better last week at the BMW Championship. Obviously he had that great performance at the Open Championship just a few uh, months back. But Royal Port Rush could be a pretty darn good place for Tiger to, to pull through it and win that first major since 2008. I really think so. What do you think, Mark? Well, yeah, well, you and I, and I know Bob as well, we love them on Lynx Golf, yeah. right? Especially if it gets firm and dry. Especially if they have a summer anywhere near like they had this year. You know, I think that's always going to be his best chance to win his 15th major. But did you see the poll, the PGA Tour yeah. uh, blind poll that came out this week? Yeah. 100% think Tiger will win in the next 12 months. Mm-hmm. The majority of them think he will win uh, a 15th major at some point. And, um, boy, from a year ago where some pros were predicting that he might not play again, what, what a difference a year makes uh, on that. But I'm with you, Scully. I think Lynx Golf. Uh, anytime they get in some dry, hard, firm conditions, um, it's 
going to be interesting to to see how he does there. Next year, we have such a great rotation mm-hmm. uh, of golf courses. You know, with uh, you know Pebble Beach, uh, you know having the uh, the U.S. Open and Royal Portrush having the, uh, the, the the Open Championship. It's escaping me where the PGA Championship is such a. Should be Beth. Was it Beth Page? Next yes, year? yes, Beth Page for Beth sure. Page. So, so we've got a. We're, we're going to go uh, Augusta National, and the Beth Page for the PGA Championship, then the Pebble Beach for the U.S. Open, and then the Royal Portrush for the Open Championship. It's going to be a really exciting major year in 2019. With I love you know with the new now the Open Championship being in Ireland as the final major of the year, the you know the last chance yep. to grab that major. So that one at Royal Portrush is going to be a big deal for a lot of guys. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, it's it's essentially Glory's last shot as the PGA Championship was uh, you know promoted for for years and years about that. But it's going to be very exciting to see the Open Championship back in Northern Ireland at Royal Portrush, and uh, I can't wait to be there uh, as well. Mark, thanks so much for joining us this morning from uh, from Ireland, and uh, go enjoy another Guinness or two. Thanks, Scully, and thanks for holding the fort, doing a great job as always, and I will see you in studio for Golf Talk Canada Television this week. Thank you very much, and safe travels, my friend. Ciao, brother. That was Mark Zacchino, live on the streets of Ireland, maybe getting ready to go to Temple Bar, uh, maybe another Guinness or two, just enjoying life uh, in Ireland. Coming up after the break, we'll do some leaderboards from around the world of golf, and we'll wrap up this week's show. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Adidas Golf and new Tour 360. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more. This segment of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura, is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Producer Adam Scully sitting in for Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Wrapping up this morning's show, we're going to... Go to some leaderboards now across the world of golf. We've been updating you on Brooke Henderson's third round of the Evian Championship. Of course, a major championship on the LPGA uh, circuit. She has unfortunately made another bogey. So she is currently one over through 14 holes this morning. Now tied for 19th. Seven shots off the lead currently held by Amy Olsen, Se-Young Kim, one shot back. Angela Stanford, another American, uh, she is two shots off the lead. So let's root for Brooke. She's looking for her uh, third victory of the season, be her first since winning the CP Women's Open. And if she does pull this off, arguably already the greatest Canadian golfer ever to play. It would definitely be probably the greatest season a Canadian golfer has ever had uh, in general. Let's go to the McKenzie Tour Freedom 55 Financial Championship. Uh, third round getting going in about three hours' time. Corey Pereira, Jonathan Garrick have the co-lead at 10 under par. Uh, Canadian Michael Gligic, uh, three shots off the pace at 7 under. He's gone 64-69 thus far. Taylor Pendrith, another Canadian. He made the RBC Canadian Open just a few years ago. He is one shot off of Gligic. He is six under, four shots off the overall lead. James Love also tied in that, as well as Jared Dutois, who's had a good little run 
on the McKenzie Tour. European Tour KLM Open in the Netherlands. Hideto Tanahara, Jonathan Thompson have your lead at 12-under. Richard McAvoy, Chris Wood, former Ryder Cupper, one shot off the lead. And how about Padraig Harrington, the Ryder Cup vice captain for Team Europe? Uh, he's two shots off the lead. He shot a sparkling 6-under 65. And you don't want to forget about Austin Connolly, the Canadian who, of course, made headlines at last year's open championship with a top 10 finish he's six under in the clubhouse uh 20th spot uh right now i want to give a special shout out to uh, nick and the guys at taylor made who helped set me up with a gapper long iron i would recommend any of you uh, listening out there to go pick up uh this long iron it is an absolute rocket out there it's almost unfair how far this long iron goes and it's great in the wind as well i'm looking forward to using it uh, in about uh, two hours and 40 minutes time when i uh, am on the tee we're heading to the final week of the pga tour season this week and of course the Ryder cup uh, is the following week uh, the the fedex cup is handed out so 10 million dollars handed out uh this coming weekend for the fedex cup winner of course any of the top five in the FedEx Cup standings, if they win, they go on to win a F- the FedEx Cup. So you got Bryson DeChambeau at number one, Justin Rose at two, Tony Finau at three, DJ at four, and Justin Thomas at five. I know you're probably curious, so how can Tiger Woods win the FedEx Cup? So here's the scenario that must happen. First, he must win the Tour Championship. And Bryson DeChambeau must finish in a T15 or worse. Uh, Justin Rose finishes three-way tie for fifth or worse. Tony Finau tie for third or worse. D- Dustin Johnson uh, three-way tie for second or worse. And same thing with Justin Thomas. So a lot of things have to happen for Tiger Woods to win the FedEx Cup. But you're, they're saying there's a chance. So you never know. That's it for this week's edition of Golf Talk Canada. Thanks for all the guests for joining me this morning. And if if you're in the GTA, enjoy this weather. 29 degrees and sunny. It's going to be a great Saturday. But, of course, remember, the first good decision on the golf course starts in the closet. Thank you so much for listening this morning, and have a great weekend. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Golf Talk Canada. For blogs, show archives, video highlights, and TV schedule, visit us online at GolfTalkCanada.ca.